0: Hi, guys, welcome to Bombshells and Blue Shells, the podcast spin off of the website bombshellsandblueshells.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Alex. And this is our first Grimfest episode. So, not quite sure yet, depends how long we yammer on for. It could be two Grimfest episodes, could be three. We saw 11 films in total, so it's a lot to get through
1: plenty of stuff to cover yeah
0: so Grimfest itself uh, I think this was its 11th year um, and it's a northern horror festival well mostly it focuses on the cinema Um, I've not been to any others so I couldn't comment but it's not like Frightfest you wouldn't go for the ven, like necessarily for events and vendors and chats and things like that it's just about the films isn't it
1: it is, yeah. I mean, they do do interviews with the directors of films, mm. some of the actors in films. Yeah, you get the and Q&As so do and things. you get the q and um, But uh, having not been to a Fry fest either in London or Glasgow, it's difficult to say what, uh, what's comparable to it. Mm.
0: The few I've heard about from other podcasts, especially kind of American ones and things, they have like panels and mm. discussions, whereas this is basically all geeky horror fans we get one screen in uh the Odeon cinema and it's ours for from thursday to sunday uh and we just get to kind of take it over and things like that there's a few cool vendors so they do have a few um stalls and things in the downstairs lobby uh that was we ended up with a few different things um a halloween and an ode to vhs uh print which are really really cool
1: oh yeah we did Yeah, Yeah, from Alley Cat Designs.
0: Alley Cat Designs. Yeah, Uh, we've bought a couple of things from her before. We got a really cool it poster from her. Yeah. Uh, We got a Grimfest T shirt and a couple of DVDs. Um, So there was there's vendors there. There's some cool stuff there. Uh, It's just obviously getting that ten minutes in between screenings to look at it every now and then. It's like, no, I need this ten minutes to, you know, pee and eat and <laughs> top up. Yeah. Recover. <laughs> yeah, lots of recovering.
1: Recovering yeah. after long days in the cinema.
0: Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's beautiful and I love it and I could live in a cinema, but it is quite intense and tiring, which was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the sponsor bar, which is just across the way, which was the Lion's Den. Den. Uh, so obviously, after any good film, you've got to go and have a quick pint and chat to everyone else about what they thought about it. So it was fun to go across there and um, just have a bit of a wind down for half an hour in between the films and things like that.
1: Yeah, and, you, and your beer drink uh, is subsidised as well if you're a, a weekend yes uh, pass holder so 20% off it was uh, certainly well worth it a bit of a change to the normal Manchester pricing scene
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> could live with those prices a lot more <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, but this is going to be a slightly different kind of episode because it is Grimfest. fest there's a lot of different premiere sort of things um so it's just going to be overviews and a bit of our thoughts on it and recommendations um of the 11 films we saw over the long weekend. No spoilers, because a lot of them haven't got release dates, but any release dates that we are aware of, we'll let you guys know. So we're going to kind of dive in. No news, no previews and things like that, unless you want us to dissect the Horror Channel uh, advert that we saw at least 10 times. (laughs)
1: Be quite happy never to see that.
0: (laughs) It was a good. It was fun the first few times trying to guess what every film was, and then it just got to the point where it's like, oh, just play the goddamn film. (laughs) Just get on with it. (laughs) But yeah, so we're gonna take a quick intro break, and we'll be coming back at you with uh, the two films that we saw on Thursday. Welcome back! We're gonna start off with Thursday night of Grimfest. So, Thursday night kicked off at 7 o'clock, and this was our F rated night. So, the F rating, if anyone's not aware, is to do with female contribution. So, if a film is F rated, it's been either written and/or directed by a woman. So, there was a really nice mix of kind of F rating films at Grimfest, and they really do endorse it a lot, which is nice to see uh, to see kind of the accepting and celebrating of women in a, a genre that even still now a lot of people presume is men only But <laughs> we know that's not true. There was quite a few f-rated films throughout, and again, always nice to see that. so our first film of the night um, was our f-rated film. Tales from the Lodge and this was its northern premiere so why don't you tell everyone what Tales from the Lodge is about.
1: Tales from the Lodge is a British film um, set present day. There's a group of uh, university friends that have gathered to I suppose scatter the ashes more on the loss of uh, a friend of theirs from uh, two or three years earlier and to basically get together and have a big celebration of his life. Um, Along the way there's a lot of human drama and some uh, horrific uh, twists and turns uh, brought about by uh, a being in the woods that uh, is is yet to be discovered. Um, It's set roughly like uh, Tales from the Crypt, it's got Different uh different storylines for each of the individual uh, university pals. Um, they kind of go off on a tangent, and you see these storylines played out in front of uh, in front of your eyes. Yeah. Um, it's very, very uh, well put together. Very funny. Um, reminiscent of kind of Jonathan Creek and things like that, where they've got yes. Uh, some narration. Over the top of uh, the events and and even fourth wall breaking to make it quite funny. Yeah. As well in parts. Um,
0: the first the first little story we're given was quite funny with the narrator and the guys narrating the story and he's pausing and the actor and who's acting out the story is like just stood waiting. He's like I'm building tension, <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually reacting to the the narration from the characters, which I thought was a unique comedy spin on it
1: yeah and it it was it just had a a great effect on on the audience i think from setting out on thursday afternoon thursday evening um as an opening film for the weekend it just had everything right didn't it
0: set a real tone of welcome to Grimfest. here's some horror mixed with your comedy um And just a stellar kind of British cast showing, really showcasing British horror, which doesn't always, you know, a lot of horror directors, even if they are British and things, they kind of get enticed over the pond to America. Uh, Whereas this was pure homegrown British.
1: Absolutely. Um, This movie was launched by Kelly Wenham, uh, one of the actresses in the film. And Johnny Vegas as well. Mr. uh,
0: Vegas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it, it was an interesting introduction to the film. I'm still not quite sure what it was all about or what was even said Mm. uh, at parts during that introduction, but nonetheless, it was entertaining.
0: Yeah. For one man who can seem so nice and yet so threatening at the same time in his drunken (laughs) balshness... It was nice that he was there and to have those kind of cast members there to introduce it and things. Yeah. So, we've kind of given a brief rundown of the film. Um, This is, so it's F rating comes from Abigail Blackmore, who is the director. She's done two short films prior. Uh, I had a little look up of them. Um, she was writer and producer on Blind Date and write, writer, producer, director on Vintage Blood. And they both look kind of good. I feel like we might have to find them somewhere. She could be a name to keep in the bag sort of thing. Um, so beyond that, though, as well, like we saying, the cast is super, super strong. You've got Mackenzie Crook, um, Dustin Denry-Burns, Laura Fraser, who the entire time I was looking at going, I know you. What are you from? And she's in a knight's tale. She's the female blacksmith. Yes. And I adore her. And then Sophie Thompson, who is Emma Johnny Vegas's wife in this, and she honestly, her little her little vignette story is probably the most terrifying, whilst not actually being a horror story.
1: I still think she's the best actor in this
0: oh she's amazing she's so funny in it and again it's that kind of awkwardly dry but at the same time just intense British humor that mm. they bring to it and surprisingly because there was quite a few sort of comedy horror based ones and things like that and I do think they work so well together and um, but with this one, because I was so disarmed by the comedy, they did throw in a few jump scares that actually got me. Like, there was a few moments where I laughed afterwards, but I was a little bit ashamed that the, the comedy film was the one that made me jump. <laughs> it was very, very funny, very much group of friends with some internal issues, these little Tales from the Crypt-style stories that they tell, ranging from you know almost urban legends in a car crash to zombie apocalypse survival that just kind of litter through it um, all lead into this bigger story around it that I'm not even going to touch upon not even going to wink at because it would just spoil it to know anything but the storyline itself is so well handled in a lot of ways, considering that it could have gone very badly, I believe.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. It was folded and manipulated quite well into mm. into the overall storyline. Um, it didn't need um, telegraphing. No,
0: didn't need a big old signpost for it. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, absolutely adored this one. I thought it was really, really funny while still keeping that horror kind of, you know group of friends go to a cabin in the woods but what if it's not a group of American high schoolers, what if it's a group of middle aged parents who were university friends years ago (laughs) Uh, so I like that twist on it Um, as part of Grimfest they have the audience award and I don't think that's been announced still yet I've still not seen anything they're really tallying them votes up yeah we might have to have a little look we could be coming back to this by the end of the episode but we'll have a nosy.
1: Um, Something in the back of my mind is telling me that when I was
0: having a few beers the other day, I may have seen something something get announced. Okay. So we'll have a look up of that because we should definitely tell you who won the Audience Award, but we'll tell you once we've told you all of our films. Um, But to do the Audience Award, you're given a slip of paper as you walk in, and at the end of it, you just rip which number you kind of go with. So it's one to five, basic rating system. So for this, uh, Tales from the Lodge got a solid five from me, how about you?
1: I think I gave it a five, um, this was a brilliant film, really enjoyed it, um, in fact one of the best of the festival I thought, Yeah, definitely. Um, started now looking strong. back at it, yeah, it was definitely there, it started off and set the tone so perfectly for mm. the rest of the weekend.
0: So this one is one of the ones that I could find release information about. Um, It's out in selected cinemas on the 1st of November, so have a look around, see if it's coming anywhere near you. But it will also be out on DVD and VOD on the 4th of November, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be like your Amazon and things like that. So worth a buy, a rent, whatever. It's absolutely, you know, really, really fun, uh, entertaining, kind of ridiculous (laughs) Uh, British horror comedy. So that was our first film of the night. So our second film of that night was at uh, 9.20 and this was She Never Died, which was its European premiere. So we felt quite privileged with this one. Yeah. Um, Basically, this one is kind of... A sequel, a gender switch sequel to the original film. Uh, he never died with Henry Rollins. With Henry Money Rollins, runs. yes, which I now have on our list on Netflix because after watching this one, I'm like, okay, I'll I'll do it in the reverse order. I'll watch the lady one and then watch the boy one. That's fine. <laughs> it feels like you
1: might not need to actually know what was going on in either of the films to get the other I, film.
0: I don't think they're linked in that kind of way. I think yeah. it almost is... It, it's, it's sequel-esque whilst almost kind of maybe being a bit of a reboot yeah, from think. a pe- female perspective.
1: I certainly think that the, the reboot label seems more applicable than, than the sequel. Than sequel.
0: Yeah. So this is... Um, Canadian English co-production sort of thing so I think it was set in Canada um, and again it follows what I think is a very similar kind of story to He Never Died so Lacey is this kind of cursed loner she's immortal um, and she's become a bit of a vigilante uh, of this neighbourhood uh, after this ring of sex traffickers Or, uh, and well they're kind of, you know, they're a real stellar combination of sex traffickers and torture video creators. Um, yeah, I'd go with that. <laughs> real stand-up guys here and girls. Uh, they're they're b- of both genders, um, and through her kind of <laughs> equal opportunity, <laughs> equal opportunity nobedism. Uh But yeah, through her kind of vigilanteism, she uh, ends up. Almost working with uh, a detective, um, Godfrey, and saving a young girl, Susie, who becomes almost like her sidekick as they go on this vendetta against the people who caused, the people who create these kind of videos and things like that.
1: Yeah, if you say so. I mean, uh, (laughs) this was after a particularly uh, long week at work and also a very long day. Um, unfortunately, I was unable to...
0: He fell asleep. <laughs> Get to a point. Fell asleep. I fell asleep.
1: <laughs> I was unable to keep my eyes open any longer than my body would allow me to. I can't fight it. Um, no, you
0: can't. <laughs> unfortunately,
1: I remember some elements of the... Violent scenes, and then uh, oh
0: yeah, you came back round for like the fighting and stuff. The action woke you back up, but all the storyline was just missed by him. Um, so
1: I woke up to laughter of the surrounding people laughing at my snoring.
0: Yes, so a full theme of Grimfest is me poking the snoring bear. Um, it's all good until. You know, in horror, they like to build the creep and suspense. So every now and then, the score gets real low and real quiet. And you just hear... From this guy.
1: I don't even snore. I've never heard it.
0: Mm Mhm. I have at least ten people in the vicinity of me at Grimfest that highly disagree. So I'm going to take a bit more of a lead on this one because I actually watched it. Um... But this is, again, another F-rated film. Uh, It was directed by Audrey Cummings. This was her third feature film. Again, I've not seen Darken or Tormented, but they both looked really good. Uh, So I'm just going to start adding these ladies to our list of things to watch and things to kind of go on. Uh, We will also watch He Never Died. I think now having watched this story, it's a little slow at points, but I think it's got to be to offset how insane the violence around that is if it went any further you'd be looking into your rounds of like just torture porn-esque sort of thing like it would just go a little bit too deep dive into the gross out
1: yeah i don't think that's that's necessarily what they're going for no Um, not at
0: all i think at one point there was some finger eating she does eat a finger
1: yeah uh, i remember that bit and (laughs) I think uh, if you if you continue on that path, you get into hostile territory, and and it's not really where it was going part of the storyline at no. all.
0: And that's I think they did good, they did well, dumb. yeah. But that's what I mean. They did well to swerve that and move it instead into this almost kind of neo noir esque sort of pulp uh, film with a female protagonist playing that stoic, silent kind of vigilante. Uh, working alongside a male detective and things like that, so it gave us some of those old tropes, but in a gender switch sort of way. Our female was this strong, silent type.
1: I can't remember the the outset of of what her motivation was, but it it felt well certainly for the bits that I was awake, <laughs> like almost a the structure of a rape revenge type film, and yes. I don't know what her motivation was because I can't remember
0: well I think she she was aware of what was going on and she'd seen people being taken in there and never coming out so this little bunker room where they took people for the videos and things because she lives on the streets and has like a bit of a homeless network who keep an eye out for the man with the rings um but I think that's also part of it is she feels so so she doesn't have
1: like a personal journey then personal not in that way this person
0: no but that's so it's it's not quite rape revenge is in that because i don't think she's got any personal attachment but i think that is used because of this immortality side it's as if she's always been there watching over this place you know she's been around for oh, years okay. So it kind of throws us in as this guardian angel role of this city, and this is just what she does. She has to feed to keep going, so why not feed on the on the vilest of humanity? Yeah. Instead of, you know, eating the good people.
1: Well, that makes sense. I just thought, you know, having... Not understood what entirely she was because mm-hmm. uh, was probably asleep at the time when this was revealed.
0: The film doesn't quite explain that though. Again, no. I think that's like he never died. There's some, again, not going into spoilers, but there's some things that I got from it that maybe other people wouldn't. So I saw it in a in a certain way. There's a there's some stuff at the end that I think does clarify certain things, but could still be read in different ways. Right. But there is a kind of. Um, Noir combined with biblical.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see the biblical aspect of it, uh, certainly. That um, kind
0: of guardian angel sort of thing, but... It
1: certainly felt like she was looking out for um, the younger girl character. Susie. Susie, yeah. yeah.
0: But also kind of not your typical angel, because as we said, she does eat some fingers and stuff, so <laughs> you're yeah. kind of wondering, you know, I don't remember that from, <laughs> from the minor amount of uh, re that was made to do it gcses um so um again really like the visuals and that kind of modern pulp noir story are really intriguing but there are a few lulls a a few slow points and things like that but i really enjoyed myself with it so my audience rating was a solid four
1: and mine was a three
0: a sleepy sleepy three a
1: sleepy snorey three
0: which like I say it's still no film at the festival was bad and a three is still a solid score of just when you're looking at things like Tales from the Lodge getting a five you don't necessarily want to be throwing out high scores to everything you know it can be a bit cruel because sometimes the directors stood there and they're so lovely and sweet and you're there tearing a three into the paper going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I really did like your film.
1: Yeah, I think you suffered more from that than I did. I think there was certainly some reconsideration of votes after the uh, the director or the actors had left Uh, and you'd handed that piece of paper in. I personally didn't struggle too much with that. I
0: just just went with your cup just
1: went with my cup
0: so that one got a 4 from me and a 3 from Alex unfortunately there's no release date as of yet that I could find I think it's still doing the festival circuit Um, so at the moment I don't think it's got anything in the works so hopefully do a few more festivals maybe towards the end of this year we might hear some more news about it I think
1: the fact that He Never Died has now got a VOD release on Netflix, Netflix, which was a few weeks back.
0: Yeah, it only came out a couple of weeks ago on Netflix, didn't it? So I'm assuming the two are linked.
1: Yeah, you'd think it'd be a strong indicator that the sequel Mm. slash reboot slash gender swap... Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, would be there. So that was our Friday. There was one more film and I was quite excited to see it. Um called satanic panic again another f-rated film um kind of pizza delivery girl gets involved in a, a- accidentally gets involved in a ritualistic cult killing or something <laughs> along those lines unfortunately as we have mentioned snoring McSnorison over here was already passing out and i was about to join him and i'm not too ashamed to admit that i know i also snore and that's embarrassing so neither of us would have been available to wait the other one up and we would have just ruined the screening for everyone else plus we both had work the next day um, unfortunately we couldn't get that time booked off around it so no it
1: was uh, we were very uh jealous of a lot of people that we were talking to mm. at the Lion's Den during the various breaks that we had.
0: Yeah. Who we booked the
1: weekend off and booked hotels in Manchester City <laughs> Centre as well. <laughs> yeah. To account for the fact that it was gonna be an extremely long weekend.
0: Yeah, we just did a, a few eleven o'clock drive homes and getting up at half six, seven in the morning the next day to go to work and then do it all again. <sighs> So
1: Next year. Next year we'll
0: plan better. <laughs> Next we'll year, every year. Hotel. But... We're saving up. Next year this is our holiday. Start the holiday. This is it. Um so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll move into Friday's fun. Welcome back, guys. So we're going to move into our Friday at Grimfest. Again, we missed the morning kind of due to work and things, so our day started around 4 p.m. The biggest kind of shame about that was the first shorts program, which happened at half 12 that day. And all of the shorts there were F-rated, and I was really excited to see a lot of them. So I'm going to have to search and scour to find some of them, especially... um, the lost films of Bloody Nora, which looked like a really stylized yeah. kind of. um that's the one with the guy from Friday Night Dinner. In yes, that's the one with the guy Gym. from Friday Night Dinners with Jim. Jim. <laughs> um, and it's about kind of Nora finding this old camera and embodying these strange characters that were captured on film. So, it's almost for a, a horror film fan and a cinephile. It just sounded perfect. But I just
1: anything with uh, his weird. Sense of... Uh, sense...
0: Yeah, what if we sensibilities. Watched, what if we watched it and he's normal in it? Would that not freak you the hell out? I think
1: it would be more scary than any <laughs> horror film.
0: Just Jim being normal. Um, so I'm sad that we missed that, but unfortunately, you know, we we need to survive and live. So we've got to have those job things that people talk about. Yeah, I um, mean... <laughs> we're trying. It's not, it's not just Jim from
1: Friday Night Dinner. He's whichever doctor it is in the green Wing as well and yes, he, plays he just green as Ring, awkward and confusing <laughs> in that tv show i just i, had, got a, I had, had a, got a big, big
0: search it. but i couldn't find it so we'll see when that comes out i'll keep an eye out um out for those f-rated uh short horrors so we started our day um at 4 40 so it was finished work and raced the hell over there um And we started it off with A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. This was their northern premiere. I do believe they were at Fright Fest in London prior to this. They
1: certainly were because uh, I listened to a podcast from the Super Horror Brothers the other day and they reviewed A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. Yes, they
0: did. So they had seen it as well. So it it played out in um, the south but not in the north. Just before, so I'm going to get you to synopsize it for us, Uh, but just before we do, this was screened with a three-minute short by Thomas Nelstrop at the beginning called The Cabinet. Um, What did you think of The Cabinet?
1: Well, if I could have given that, the Award for Audience (laughs) Award, I would have done.
0: Yeah. because
1: I mean, it's a shame we couldn't really vote for the the shorts Mm. um, from an audience participation perspective anyway, but this was... Just Just, hilariously stupid. Three minutes long. Three minutes long and just set the tone for the rest of the (laughs) afternoon.
0: I I mean, we didn't
1: see the earlier films of Every Time I Die and...
0: The shorts and The shorts
1: um, and Quiet Comes the Dawn. Um, But I imagine the cabinet was like a, a nice little amuse bouche for the afternoon
0: <laughs> it's a just, palate cleanser a for palate the rest of the festival it
1: really was brilliant
0: yeah three minutes it just shows how great horror can be in a short capacity like just that short snappy getting to the point point. and it is it's it. what what would happen if you purchased a haunted cabinet and it sounds so ridiculous but it was just perfectly acted perfectly done and so funny I, that is a smart, concise three minutes, and um, I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Um, there's no finer description of any film other than to say that it is a, uh, it's a cinema equivalent of a lemon sorbet.
0: <laughs> Coming from a man who loves him some lemon sorbet. I so. love lemon sorbet. <laughs> it's a high praise. So why don't you tell everyone what Serial Killer's Guide to Life is all about?
1: Serial Killer's Guide to Life. Uh, It's about a lady. Val? No. The other one. Lou. Yep. Serial Killer's Guide to Life um, is about Lou, who effectively wants to help herself with self-help books throughout her, I suppose moderated lifestyle moderated by a mother mm. um, very strict and controlling mother figure in a life um, and wants to kind of get out of that environment uh, and believes that the self-help um, kind of typical 80s and 90s self-help almost yeah. pyramid scheme-esque Um, kind of greasy salesman You should be like
0: me to feel better about yourself but also be you because there's only one me
1: Exactly Absolute nonsense (laughs) Pyramid schemes built to um, amass funds for the person at the top of that scheme Uh, but in essence uh, she meets uh, a lady called Val at uh, one of these self-help groups who is a very strong kind of female um, persona mm. that's not the right word but she's got a very very strong female attitude um towards business and life and um she takes Luon on effectively as her assistant and and to to try and develop her own help her own skills mm. really throughout the film um it transpires that Val is actually a serial killer. And uh, and that's where, really, without getting into spoilers, we'll leave the, the yeah. kind of description, really, because she will ultimately um, see Lou develop into something that she, her, never, she never thought she would be. Her protege. Protegé.
0: <laughs> yeah, saying that Val is a serial killer is definitely not spoilerific because it happened, like, we're kind of hinted towards it right from the beginning and the film is called a serial killer's guide to life so you kind of knew it was coming so Lou is very much she's beaten down she's got that kind of her mum it just reminded me of like Carrie like a mum that could be that is just so manipulative and cruel to her daughter that you almost wonder like that was it was Such an exaggeration that I'm like, right, either they're going with that or there's something else to that. You know, that's how Lou's seeing it more than what her mum's actually doing. But yeah, that was, it was quite uh, over the top, you know, controlling mother character and things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she she effectively was uh, guilting Mm. Lou into never leaving the family household.
0: Into living a mediocre life in her own kind of terms, isn't it? Like, not achieving the things she wants to and not having anyone else, really. She doesn't seem to have friends or a partner or anything going on, apart from going home to her mum every night.
1: Yeah, one thing I wasn't sure about was how... what what Lou's... not not motivation, what Lou's um, background was, because... Mm. It became clearer through the film that she wasn't that intelligent.
0: She's very gullible.
1: Yeah, and and was that maybe a lack of structure from her side of things or well, from, I think or, or, or oppression from a mother that's... I think
0: that's where the carry thing goes even further for me in it's a weird but that was what stuck in my head was this idea of she maybe has been so sheltered because even the way so it's it's Katie Braben plays her I'm not seeing her in anything else but she has this childish voice this very you know like
1: mm, that's innocent a really good impression actually.
0: thanks <laughs> Um innocent voice which reminds me of like the characters like Carrie who's their life has been so sort of dominated by a parent they've not been allowed that outside influence so of course Carrie freaks out when she gets a period because no one ever told her that was going to happen so it's as if Lou has gone through life not being told about the world not being shown the world like you can't play out with the other children it's dangerous sort of thing mm. so I do I mean talking about him almost Recrediting it <laughs> after not crediting it. Um, I, well, I, I don't
1: know. I, I think because we we could probably get into spoilers the way we we're talking about it mm. at the moment. I think the, the point of this is is reviewing where we're at with it. Um, yeah, having now seen it and because um, kind of I've taken it on what we, we've slept it slept on it and. Since then, we may have reviewed our scores. Mm. Uh, changes. I don't think I have. I no. think you might be coming round to so maybe increasing where you were with it at the time.
0: I um, don't know though, because this is a thing. I'm gonna. The characters were really well done. Lou was well played out in that way, if not a little bit cliched. Again, with like the proper evil stepmother, Disney mum, and things like that. And, yeah,
1: I mean, it could effectively have been Disney Mom and a witch.
0: Yeah, done. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's effect-
1: you know, it, it is the storyline. <laughs>
0: and then yeah, and then her fairy godmother just happens to be a sociopath. Um, yeah. And I do think Val, as a character, was interesting and things like that, like just this complete opposite, she knew who she wanted to be, she was strong, she wanted to be the best self-help coach around, Um, and her first task was to take someone who is so, like say, so meandering like Lou, and transform her, that's going to be her big project and things. I think my issue was, it, it could have been a really great short film, yeah. 30 40 minutes.
1: Perfect. An hour and 22, it just felt labored. Mm. It felt very repetitive in parts. Um, yeah. And I don't think this is a popular opinion. I've heard a lot no, of people say, you know, this is this is a fantastic film. It wasn't for me.
0: No. Um I don't think it hit. I think as well I think sometimes it depends what else you've seen and things because there's another film that does some similar tropes to this. So this one is kind of the story is moved along by these different points so like this big self-help guy um Chuck Chuck Noah is the the main big self-help guy that they all love uh and it kind of intersperses the narrative with him being like you know Guide to success number two. Guide to success number three. And we saw a film later on in the festival that did that trope a whole heap better. And obviously before this one, the day before, we'd seen another horror comedy, Tales from the Lodge, that I think just had more pace and more actual horror to it. Yeah.
1: You could almost say this this wasn't really a horror. I mean, save for a few... Beatings or stabbings. Mm. Uh, there was there wasn't really there was no a suspense. horror. Yeah, there wasn't any suspense. I mean, you can. There was no gore. There was no suspense. You know, there was no. Sorry. <laughs> drinking your drink or let's spit go, keep um, going. Keep the
0: going. It was fascinating.
1: But there the, the wasn't really any aspects of horror in mm. there or suspense, as you say, that that really made it anything but probably on the psychological scale i would say a little bit but even so it just felt that val was just taking advantage of somebody that wasn't very intelligent
0: yeah and i think that's and as the narrative goes on again to not go anywhere near spoilers but there's a few kind of reveals of what's happening and um What's been going on and things like that in their lives in Val and Lou's lives, and i, I they hit me as a little bit old hat, a little bit done, a little bit dusted sort of thing, and I think that annoyed that kind of put me off even more was just this kind of thing of such a really good concept and then kind of hindered down by an overused concept. It could have been it could have been more. It was as if, kind of, there was this short film, and then someone went, shit, let's make it a feature length, and looked up horror narratives and went, we'll add that one in. Um, yeah. it, it, and it, it didn't, didn't need
1: it. it. It didn't need to be a horror. It, it was almost like a, a drama.
0: Yes. It could have been with played.
1: another sticker stuck on the side. Yeah. Of it.
0: And like a few others that we're going to discuss, it's almost like knowing its tone. Either be. Dark or be funny mm-hmm. when it's trying to and some can really do both you can be dark and funny at the same time of course you can but this was kind of flopping between the two instead of letting the two embrace each other so I was a little bit eh on this um, it's very well acted the script was like fun at a lot of points it was nice to see proper British countryside and things like that. Again, another kind of fully British film and things like that, but just wasn't doing much for me.
1: No, it didn't work out for me. So, ratings?
0: I believe I... So... <laughs> um, I have a three written down here, but I think that was my retrospective mm. view. And I think at the time, I ripped a four...
1: Okay, so it's gone down.
0: It went down after discussing it. Again, I think that guilt of this really excitable, lovely (laughs) director (laughs) being there. Um, And I was like, oh, you're so sweet. Four. Um, So I would would put myself, if I could, at a 3.5. I think between what I put straight away after it, after talking about it, what I put in the cinema when I watched it, and what I think now after discussing it, I'm landing somewhere between it so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna add some decimals I'm 3.5 in it <laughs> well that's
1: illegal it's illegal
0: that's <laughs> an illegal I, uh, I'm a solid 3 I
1: was a 3 when, uh, when I ripped the piece of paper uh, I'm a 3 now yeah, if I was I'm... doing anything it would probably go down to a 2 but Oof. I don't think there's any need to be that harsh no would I watch it again absolutely not was it a good watch the first time It was okay.
0: I didn't fall asleep. (laughs) That's because it was 4.40 I'd have been worried. (laughs) It has happened.
1: It has happened.
0: Um, But yeah, I don't think... It's not a bad film in any way and I think if you like certain more drama-based elements and things like that, it probably will do well for you and as I say, it's almost one of those things where there's like a guilt part of me going, but everyone else loved it. Um, But that can't change my opinion. Uh, So... For me, it was just a bit in a to start our second day with that after what we saw on our first day and things. It was just kind of a little bit like, okay, this is where we're going. Um,
1: I'd have watched the cabinet, however many times, three minutes went into <laughs> so the run many... time of the serial killer's guide to life, <laughs> and I would have loved it. Just loop the cabinet
0: much... for eighty-two minutes. Yeah, just as much <laughs> the last time as did the first. <laughs> Um, so, that was our first screening of the Friday. Um, we followed on A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. After that was 7 o'clock was Darling.
1: Darling. Pollyanna McIntosh.
0: Hells yeah.
1: Female director, another F-rated film.
0: This was another F-rated. Uh, this was its northern premiere. So, it had played, I think, again, maybe Fright first. I assume it would have done... Um, but yes, this was its its uh, coming to North premiere. Um, maybe and...
1: Glasgow. She's Scottish, isn't she? Probably on a oh, of sauce. course, maybe that Friday would make sense. Glasgow. So maybe
0: the Glasgow one. Mm. I really should have looked out. but. <laughs> um, So, as you said, this is Pollyanna McIntosh's directorial debut. Uh, Obviously, she's well-known from The Walking Dead.
1: Bin Lady from Walking Dead.
0: Bin Lady. (laughs) That's official character title. Bin Lady. Uh, But she's very cool in that. But she also... uh, This is actually the third film in kind of a, a... the franchise universe a universe. Everything's a universe. Everything's a universe now. <laughs> we it's discussed this universe. last time with the Terminator universe. Oh, whatever universe. Um so she'd starred as the woman in Offspring, The Woman, and she's now starring again, reprising that role in Darling Uh Am I Is it me? Is it you? Do you want to run it through for me, love?
1: Yeah, I can do that. Darling is a film about the daughter from the previous film woman. The, yeah, woman the woman the woman the woman whereby Pollyanna McIntosh plays a feral um, feral character lives in the woodlands um, and effectively gets mistreated by a family that capture her mm. um, later transpires that uh, she escapes and uh, takes the daughter um, with her and that daughter is darling. Yes, darling is since grown up, she's probably mid to late teens I would say in this film um, and is subsequently dropped immediately into the forefront of the um, into, into the forefront of the film by mm. uh, a MacIntosh, almost pushing her into a hospital environment. Yes. Um, to go and get checked up and checked out. Um, having lived in the woods since she was maybe six
0: years old, five six years yeah, old. Yeah, I think she's about five or six. In the woman, she doesn't
1: have the ability to speak um, or interact with people, and that's where we're greeted with another um, former Walking Dead alumni alumni, Cooper Andrews, who is hilarious. We've seen a he, panel with him.
0: He makes me so happy. He's just a beautiful man.
1: Yeah. And and he uh, proceeds to try and comfort um, Darling and, and get her on side with a, a more approachable mm. kind of demeanour.
0: Well, he's the nurse at the hospital that she's yes. been taken to. Um, and she's going to be transferred to... Uh, a kind of... Uh, a Catholic school? Yeah, Catholic well, a Catholic College? boarding, Catholic boarding school, school for kind of um, orphans and children who don't have kind of parental figures and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's like a, an orphanage with that kind of religious overtone. It's definitely called, like, Our Lady something. Um I don't know what, but it's Our Lady something. Uh, so he's kind of... He's her... <sighs> he's her family figure in the best of ways really um, in that he's probably the most caring person she's had in her life in a long time because
1: the woman's helped her
0: survive but she's not exactly loving (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't seem like the type to hole up like dole out hugs and kisses and read you a bedtime story no
1: there are other factors at play here the the catholic school that um, she has been
0: designated to shipped off
1: to uh is soon to be closing down and the father padre uh, bishop you just called the bishop bishop some religious <laughs> person um is he sees the fact that she is uh, feral and the opportunity to develop her mm. skills and make her human in inverted commas yeah um as an opportunity to secure funding to keep the place alive, to keep the building going, and to keep the college um, getting new people in, so ultimately feeding his lifestyle. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting twist. I mean, it, it's one of those kind of uh, storylines that that is very deep seated in the the kind of Catholic culture, yes. I would say. Um, It's it's
0: got its messages and this idea of the bishop kind of looking at this young woman who does need help, um, but seeing her not as a person, but as a project that can prove the power of God and uh, keep the doors open and the lights on, um, thereby keeping him in power, because if he doesn't run that place, he does not have the same level of credence and power in the Catholic community and things so yeah there's definite selfish motivations to helping a young woman who has been brutalized in the forest for the past 10 years yeah I mean
1: for me it's a great film um I only saw the woman maybe two weeks prior to this yes I made sure um, that you watched
0: We neither of us have seen Offspring which I felt a little bit bad about but yeah. I feel we didn't need it as much as I think you definitely needed to see The Woman
1: I think The, the, the Woman is um, obviously sets up the vast majority of this film Yeah. Um, I think it is a bit of, of, an essential to understand really where mm. this is coming from it doesn't spoon feed you it doesn't give you a previously on (laughs) no um it it drops you straight into the assumption that you know who darlin is and Mm. and where she's come from and what the background of of how she's got there is so i think Um, in that way it's good you know uh, it's not assuming that the audience is stupid
0: yes it's Um, it's not flashing back and showing us everything like What we see that happened in between the woman and Darlene in flashback form is crucial and wouldn't have been known by us anyway. Uh, It gives you the information from the woman without having to go back into actually what happened in the woman. And the way these films are named, so the woman was definitely, that was Pollyanna McIntosh's kind of, she was at the forefront of this film. It was about her as this feral woman and the awful just, stomach churning pure asshole dad of that family and things like that um and his little psycho it's twin like son um but this is and aptly named darlin this is darlin's story the woman has her moments in it and god damn does she have some good moments in this there is a scene in a car and i oh could not god. stop laughing so
1: funny <laughs> And this isn't even a horror comedy. I mean, this, no, we this, just
0: had that moment. It was
1: just <laughs> so perfect.
0: It was like, oh, tense, tense, tense. Here's a break. Tense, tense, oh. tense. <laughs> I
1: would pay money to see Pollyanna McIntosh <laughs> do that on a, on a regular basis. That was hilarious. <laughs>
0: and the fact that it was it was a scene with Cooper Andrews as well and oh. you can just you can just imagine like the think, on the set of walking dead <laughs> but i i did really it's funny it was gory and it had those messages that were definitely pointed and definitely on the nose and things like that but also so out there and on the nose that it felt right like if you're going to exaggerate a universe just do it fully so I don't think it took away from it having those messages and things and I think it actually increased what it was about because we stuck around for um her Q&A at the end and she was basically saying when she was approached to do this It was that kind of idea of, so you've had offspring about the creation of the woman and this, like, the cannibalistic thing and stuff. You've had the woman which was so isolated and it was either have her be captured again, have her be in the forest again, or introduce her to the world. And she said the best way to introduce her to the world was through darling, And I think that was perfect. So. A little bit messy at points. There was like five storylines going on at certain things. Your head was whipping like a tennis match, like, What's going on?
1: I was thinking exactly <laughs> the same thing, and how to say that it was there was a, an awful lot going on at one yeah. point, but that said, difficult balance to get. Mm. Difficult balance to get. Um, do I think it was perfect? No, I don't think it was perfect, no. but it, it was. Certainly a step above a few of the films that we have seen this weekend. Well, like I said, going from
0: a serial killer's guide to life where I'm saying we could cut 40 minutes out of it. With this, I'm like, oh God, add 20 minutes. I don't know. Take a storyline out or make it into two films. And like, Yeah. yeah. But I think that, especially when you are on such a an extreme cinematic weekend of film after film after film, it kept me going. There was not a moment where a blink turned too long or I was scared my head was going to drop or anything like that. I wanted to know what was coming up. I really did think that this was a brilliant way to expand on that world and to feasibly make a follow-up to a film like The Woman. Um... We'll get to ratings in a second, but first, just a little bit of just pure love. Pollyanna McIntosh. She was there. She was there on Friday, on Thursday. Her film didn't screen screen till Friday. She stayed for Saturday. She was just, she's just kind of around. She was just throwing herself into the mix. That woman knows how to dress. There is something about she is so very tall and everything she wore. I was just like, how, how you pull this off? You look so good all the time. (laughs) That was loud. <laughs> um, but she was just a sweetheart.
1: Everybody said it. Yeah. I mean, we didn't actually directly speak to her. Um, no, because I'm, I'm not, not good with those things. i not a big fan of...
0: More on that later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not really a big fan of um, those kind of environments. where it's I like don't... A, famous... a massive Walking Dead fan. However, mainly the novels, comics, the comic however you books. want to describe it. And that particular character isn't really in well isn't in no so
0: you've not got that approach so "Ah." I don't
1: really have the oh oh, there's something going on or even take a comic book to get Mm. it signed because it's kind of meaningless
0: but it was it's mm. more I think but she definitely had
1: a presence about her Um, not in a negative way she was very approachable and a lot of people have had a lot of conversations with her that we were speaking to she said she was absolutely fantastic but Maybe it's just a personal thing. I
0: just... Yeah, I think if it's a Q&A or if it's a signing and things like that, then that's what they're doing. For me, in my head, I just can't run up to someone and be like, you're famous, selfie please. And I know it's. I'm not slamming those that do because I'm sure everyone's very lovely about it and I'm sure these stars are used to it. But in my head i would be wondering what they expected so I, I, do you expect me to talk to you for five minutes or can i just take the photo and slump away and smile in the corner like a weirdo because i do not know what to say to you famous person like you are a person and you love she was so lovely from what we had but in my head i'm just going you're in films you're in films you're in films."
1: yeah
0: so we didn't actually speak to her but everything we heard about her she was just a superstar and so gracious and so lovely and I really hope that she does more directing like I loved the visual style of this film I thought it was really well done to go from the grittiness of the woman to this more kind of almost comic book pop-esque do you know what I mean like in the colours and things like that but I think the
1: the fact that you're um, one of the lead actors and certainly a a lead supporting actor Mm. if you if that is such a thing, and also director of a film. That yes. must be such a difficult compromise It's a lot to of have. balls in the air. Yeah, a lot of balls in the air. And I think uh, that film delivered on a lot of levels.
0: She nailed it.
1: So what so, are the scores? The on scores the Scores doors. on the doors.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rivals on the store. So I solidly gave five out of five. I love this.
1: What did I give? Four. You gave a four.
0: I would I, you like I, to retrospectively change that?
1: No, I've given one five, two threes and a four so yep. far.
0: I'm throwing oh, out I, fives. I think we slot for fives. Well clearly.
1: Throwing out five. Hopefully the next film didn't get a five, but we'll wait
0: will see. <laughs> five and a four overall. Uh this has been released in selected American cinemas already and is available on DVD and VOD already at this point. Uh, it is going to other European festivals after Grimfest so it'll be still going around and things like that but you can already watch this and my final line on it is do so, watch it so good Mm. so what was next?
1: the next film was Blood Vessel and uh, this film started at half past nine in the evening as we all know this was still effectively a weeknight uh, after a long week at work He's already Same excuses his Thursday. Excuses. Same excuses Thursday. Uh, I did not last the entire way through this film, which was an hour and a half long. And also very, very dark. Yes. A lot of the settings were in very dull rooms, very very it was, dark. It was all rooms, set in one it? night. Yeah, and set in one night. Um unfortunately that led me to Snortown uh, and it a lot of poking. Um, so, I remember waking up five times. So uh,
0: Shall I take the yeah. lead on this one? I think
1: you should do the take description. Lead. <laughs> the synopsis.
0: So, 9.30 was the European premiere of Blood Vessel. Um, this is Justin Dix, who is the director. Uh, quite well known in the makeup and effects and things like that wild. Famously
1: the brother of (laughs) Jacoby (laughs) Shah. What? Kobe Dick. From Papa Roach. Jacoby Dick's. Oh, okay. (laughs) Keep that one in.
0: Um, So yeah, he uh, works for the Wicked of Oz company, which is kind of makeups and special effects and things like that. Um... I'm not going to go into this one a whole heap because I think both of us were a little bit eh on it. You fell asleep, clearly. Um, But it's basically uh, set in late 1945. So we've got the kind of underpinning of... 100% there was Nazis in this film, right? World War II. Well, kind of... There's a group who are in a life raft adrift at sea and things like that. They've got no food, no shelter... Um, clearly they're running out of rations and all that, there's a mix of them there's British, American, Russian that kind of thing, so it's tense anyway Um, and then their saving grace appears but their saving grace is a German minesweeper (laughs) so uh, not great but better than maybe dying out in the open ocean with no escape around you Um, so well they board this ship, and it doesn't take them long to realise that something's very wrong as there doesn't seem to be anyone else aboard it. Um, it kind of then leads into this more uh, kind of traditional horror of creepy children, and um, so, like, almost like a cast ship and things like that. Um, I kind of I'm torn between what could be and what might not be a spoiler, so I'm not even going to go into what is behind all of it because I think that is meant to be one of the big reveals.
1: Well, don't spoil it for me. I was asleep.
0: So... <laughs> you might watch it still.
1: I might still watch it. Again. Um,
0: but that kind of yeah, the big reveals and things like that. What they did tell me as far as why they chose to go down that kind of narrative route is be- is that the- clearly this was helmed by an effects like a visual. Uh, practical and makeups effect kind of company. Yeah,
1: and the practical practical effects rang true through yeah. the film. They they were, you know, almost uh, kind of face off. We watch a lot of face yes. off. Yes, so a, that it, it was that kind of level of practical. effects. The effect. props
0: that they'd made and the way that the uh, corpses on the boat looked and things like that. It was really intriguing, but I think it suffered the same fate as a lot of these. So it's ninety five minutes, so an hour thirty five. And it just kind of dragged. There was just a real slow pace to it. Um, Characters that were built up so that you would care when something happened to them. I didn't. (laughs) Um, Few of them were just really annoying. It was, and again, I did, I don't know. I kind of maybe had different expectations based around the whole kind of, uh, World War II aspect and things like that, but I guess I've been a little bit spoiled maybe with other films that I've loved that are based around that kind of thing. So, uh, Overlord and Dead Snow and things like that. I yeah, thought there was going to be. It was
1: as good as Ghost Ship though.
0: Again, you keep really amping up Ghost Ship, and I think what you mean is the first 10 minutes of Ghost Ship and everything else is a bit shit.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> we need to rewatch Ghost mm. Ship. No, and yeah, it, it doesn't even match up to other ship films. So
1: ship-related films, yeah,
0: all those ship-related films so that's that we watch.
1: Subgenre is it? Yeah. Ship-related horror.
0: Ship-related horror. Ghost Ship. Triangle.
1: I have never heard of Triangle. Are you just making up? No, things? Triangle is a real thing. Perfect Storm.
0: Perfect Storm. <laughs> it's
1: also not a horror film. Yeah, not a horror
0: film. Uh, <laughs> it's a rom-com. It's just about a man and his love for a storm.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Oh God. So yeah, I I I can't really go much further into it without kind of getting into the crux of what happens. Uh, there's a creepy little girl on board who they have to help out and things and figure out where her family is and things like that. But it, it started to lose me. I did not fall asleep, but I, I could feel it was going
1: to... I didn't even get to the creepy little girl.
0: So, yeah, I feel like there's not a whole heap to be said about um, Blood Vessel, really. It's it's there. It's a, it's a film. It's it in, exists. It does exist. It's in both the the World War Two camp and the ship camp, but not high in those camps. Um, but like I say, I don't want to dive bomb on some of these films uh, too much. It is festival films, and it was still, you know, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't as good as some of the others, in my opinion. So it's, it's not like it was... You know, like some of the film horror films that you can watch and just be like, I honestly feel like two hours of my life has been robbed. Wish upon <laughs> which you put on again today, like we didn't watch it and hate it before. I did you? Did don't... you? Literally, was it so traumatic you forgot we'd already seen it?
1: I forgot. <laughs> re-traumatised yourself. Forgot. Watched it again. It. Didn't remember Big what mistake. happened in it the first time. It was like watching it and knew it was just as bad.
0: The only good thing is, What was it Is it Ryan Philippi?
1: Ryan Filippi.
0: Yeah just him Like
1: Playing saxophone
0: Yeah Playing saxophone And just playing
1: some sweet Baby making music
0: Oh yeah And it was doing it for Barb Definitely doing it for Barb Barb Strange Barb. things
1: yeah, Barb from Stranger Things. This
0: is <laughs> all about that saxophone. Someone else in
1: here that I recognise. This is not what we're no, talking about. Go back,
0: sorry. Blood vessel. So blood vessel, but this is yeah. Rating that's, system. That's maybe how this film can be we can finish off. Is the fact that we got more excited about a different topic, I'm afraid. Um so yeah, for ratings there was no real doubt for me on this one. This one got a three.
1: This also got a three. Mm. I think three is Pretty Much the lowest rating we've given on the entire yes. weekend because, like uh, I say,
0: none of these were awful. It wasn't it's awful. Not awful at all.
1: I just wouldn't watch it again. No, I would sign off with the statement, Yeah, but is it as good as Ghost Ship?
0: <laughs> you are obsessed.
1: It's It's a quality film. Um,
0: But this is due for cinematic release in 2020, so it will be hitting screens, and you can come up with your own opinion about it. Maybe you're a bit more into the old-school effects and the kind of being stuck on a scary ship full of scary things, but that's just not for me.
1: It's a travesty that the Cabinet on repeat... A
0: travesty!
1: That the tra... (laughs) The, the, the cabinet on repeat dear
0: good sir do tell me of this travesty
1: the cabinet on repeat 50 times is not getting released at the cinema <laughs> and that is
0: yeah so we should have been in the alternate screening for uh, <laughs> Blood Vessel as well where we mm. once again just rewatched the cabinet another 50 times happily, joyfully <laughs> The takeaway from this episode is we love The Cabinet. The Cabinet was a good film. (laughs) All about The Cabinet. It was only
1: three minutes long.
0: (laughs) Maybe maybe that says more about us and our attention spans.
1: Wow, millennials.
0: Millennials. Um, Once again, due to sleepiness, we missed out on 4x4 as I was rudely put into work on Saturday morning uh not the usual happening so was not impressed.
1: It was a tactical leaving of the cinema. Yes. Um uh, the the final film of the day at eleven thirty at night was in fact uh, a Spanish film with English subtitles. Yeah. And whilst we are in no way saying we do not watch uh no. films Some we watch an the, the best awful lot subtitles. The ones we
0: films. watched last year were subtitled but
1: uh, unfortunately, eleven thirty PM on a Friday <laughs> Don't when you've got to get read. up and when you've got to get <laughs> up and go to work the next day. Unfortunately, reading oh, I just not did at not the appeal, top of the did it? List.
0: But I do want to check this one out. It's got uh, so the last film of the night showing at half eleven was four by four, an Argentinian film, and it's it's such an interesting concept of kind of a guy who breaks into uh, a four by four that's parked on the streets thinking he's gonna get away with it and sell it and things but it kind of turns into this lockdown bunker and he's trapped inside and someone's playing a bit of a game with him and I do like the idea of that it's kind of got that fair saw kind of feel and you know just about
1: to say the same thing it's like social commentary with the mm. first cross with the first saw
0: yes are, of being but. trapped and what does that do to you so I will I will watch that but I'll watch it when the idea of again just reading reading at half eleven As we, we're very much we said millennials two seconds ago and now we're complaining about late night reading our age is very confusing right now wow. <laughs> it's,
1: it's really difficult To read through closed eyelids. So
0: he would have had even less of a clue what was going on. So yeah, once he's fallen asleep during one film, I'm not gonna risk another. So we did not catch four by four. Um well that was our first two days. That was Thursday and Friday, the opening days of Grimfest. Uh we're gonna cut it off there. Um, I think It'd be ambitious for like the second episode to assume you'd listen to three hours of us (laughs) rambling. Um, So we're going to cut it off there and come back with uh, Saturday and Sundays in a separate episode. So I hope you enjoyed our kind of intro to Grimfest and things like that. If you are enjoying the podcast, please uh subscribe please rate please review please do all those lovely lovely free things that you can do that just get our name out there uh if you'd like any more content visit bombshellsandblueshells.com which is the kind of um sister website to this podcast where you'll see lists and reviews and thought pieces and things like that um Apart from that, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Bombshells and Blueshells and on Twitter at bblueshells. Where can they find you, sweetheart? Um,
1: On Twitter and Instagram Mm -hmm. at 32bit5s, I think. Slash maybe at 32bitj5s. One of the two of those things (laughs) may get you in my... By episode five,
0: we will have nailed this. Yes, I forget. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you tune in for our next episode looking at the Saturday and Sunday of Grimfest. Bye, guys.